I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey idiots, welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions. I'm your host, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm a comedian, and I don't know a fucking thing. That is why we are here, sweet, sweet children and adults and babies. I hope there's really not any children or babies listening to this, but thank you for joining me. I hope you're ready to get answers to all your ignorant questions, because that's the whole point. If you are new to the podcast, first of all, Thank you for taking a moment to try me out. I know there's a ton of podcasts out there. Too many, I would say. I think we can all agree there's just too many pieces of content in general because we can't consume them all. But uh, thanks for adding me to your rotation. And I would love, if you enjoy the show, for you to hit that subscribe button on the iTunes podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave me a rating and a review, too. It only takes a minute or two, and it helps other people find the podcast. And that's... Great, because then it helps other people get answers to their ignorant questions. And one person at a time, we're making the world a better place. Or at least a place that's like, yeah, actually, I used to think that, but I learned this from someone who's actually well-versed in the thing I was wrong about. Baby steps. Thank you, by the way, to everyone who has already subscribed and reviewed. I couldn't do without you. I love all the support you're giving me. Extra big thank you to top-tier patrons, my best idiots forever, Gene and Kathy over on Patreon. There's a whole bunch of patrons at all different levels, including just a dollar a month over at patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. All one word. And I don't have the hashtag in the address just to keep it simple. And I do early episode releases, anything over an hour, by the way, only on Patreon. So that's when things start to heat up on some of these episodes. So head over there, join, help support me because I could use your support and I appreciate it. And also help yourself to some extra cool content. We do weekly crappy hour hangs at certain levels and uh, bi-weekly, excuse me. I don't want to oversell, but sometimes more than bi-weekly when I'm free and like, you know what? I could hop on. Let's do it. I'm considering making those more regular. I don't know. It's just a lot of fun and it's a cool crew. I feel like I've gotten to know a lot of people. It's It's like a community building over there and I love it. So thank you to the people who are there supporting me and I would love to see more of you over there. Speaking of things that support me, Neurogum, It's amazing. It keeps me running. It's focused energy with B vitamins and L-theanine in a caffeinated gum. So you get 
all the energy of a cup of coffee, but without the crash and without bouncing off the walls and starting ideas and not finishing them, which is an ongoing problem for me without my NeuroGum. So if you want to try NeuroGum, getneuro.com slash JMS. G-E-T-N-E-U-R-O dot com slash JMS will get you 15% off. And I genuinely love it. So if you're enjoying it, if you've tried it, hit me up. Let me know what you think. There's gum, there's mints. I like the gum, but I think it's also I just like to chew. I got an oral fixation. It's an, you know, who touched me? We may never know. But uh, yeah, I've gotten messages from a few listeners who have tried it, a few friends and fans who have seen it on Instagram when I posted about it, and they really love it. It's a product I genuinely use and I really love, and that's why I keep promoting it and and using their code. So I hope you'll try it too if you're someone like me who could use a little burst of inspiration and and focus in your day. Speaking of inspiration, oh my God, you guys are going to love, love, love my guest today. It's Aiden Park, who is a hilarious comedian friend of mine, but more importantly, he is a master of neuro-linguistic programming, and he has written a whole book about being your best self. It's called The Art of Being Yay. It's all about mastering your potential, finding joy in life. And here's the thing. This isn't just, this isn't just, this is not some bullshit book where it's a bunch of fucking non-practical advice or woo-woo bullshit you've already seen quoted on an Instagram meme on an account called help me love or whatever. This is scientifically backed shit. There is a science to happiness. You can read all about it. There's courses you can take about mindfulness and it it combines his knowledge of neuro-linguistic programming and all that science into actionable steps. They include actions in this book of things to do to work to being a better version of yourself and the person you aspire to be, which for me is huge. I love assignments. I need actions. I need things I can put into practice. So I love that you get that in this book. Plus it's spiced with stories from Aiden's life and his hilarious sense of humor. So you're going to love that. There's a link to the book in the show notes, which I think once you start listening, you're going to be like, all right, I need to get this shit. And in the meantime, please enjoy my interview with the hilarious Aiden Park. Hey, idiots. I'm back. I'm here with my amazing, hilarious friend, Aiden Park. Thank you for joining me, Aiden. Yay! Can I talk? I don't know. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, jump in. I don't do like a long, I'll do a long intro that I add to the front, but I should have told you that. But yeah, so you guys, I've already probably said this in the intro, but hilarious comedian. That's how I knew you initially, but like speaker, now an author, you're a wellness, happiness, guru, coach person. <laughs> oh, please do not call me a guru. I don't want that <laughs> you're like, too much pressure. Okay. Okay. I feel you on that. Um, Wow. Well, first of all, just how are you doing? You have this new book out, The Art of Being Yay. What? That's yeah. exciting. C- yeah. Thank you. I um I yeah, I'm really really excited about it. I'm really happy about it. Um I'm yay about it. <laughs> <laughs> I and, love uh, yeah, it. It took me like a year and a half to get it together. So it was Honestly, just, that uh, seems so that seems like a short amount of time to me. That, really? That's impressive to me. entire draft, like completed. I was like, I was all ready to go. It was complete about six months in and I just read it and I was like, this isn't right. So scrap, start all over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's really hard. I think we're like all our worst critics. And then especially something I imagine that's, you know, you know, sort of self-help or anything like that based you're going to come yeah. at it with this super critical eye, at least for, I'm probably projecting, but 
Well, I yeah. always want to do stuff like that, but then there's that voice of like, come on, who are you? Like, <laughs> what do you know? <sighs> yeah, that's a struggle. That's like, you know, I, I, I deal with that all the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's, human, it's human nature, but I'll, I'll say you are one of the most joyful people I've ever met. Like, oh, yay. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when, when you started telling me about this book and how you're sort of going this direction, I was like, yeah, that mm -hmm. makes sense. Like, you are able to bring this energy into every room I've ever been in with you where you're like, all right, come on, guys, let's bring up the energy. Let's have fun, which, you know, isn't always easy. And I think we all go through moments where we're not feeling super yay, you know, like, yeah. but your ability to, it seems like regardless of how you may be feeling or what you're dealing with, kind of just inspire everyone around you is very impressive. Oh, thanks. Um, I mean, like, it's actually, you know, it's actually a, a product of, of, of a decision, you know? Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, so like, because I'm like, <laughs> I have this joke, because I'm tall and I smile a lot, I think a lot of people think, you know, like, oh, like he, he, boy, he must have had everything growing up and uh, <laughs> uh, he <laughs> Life's was been, from milk yeah. and love, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. Um, they think I was born to a couple of dentists in Orange County, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's so funny, like, just because you're happy, they're like, he must have never had, which is a thing I think we do. If someone's not carrying all their sadness right on their face and, in their mood, you're like, oh, well, I guess your life was perfect, but. Yeah, and they think that, like, people like just assume, and uh, that's actually not what happened, and actually the, the, the positive attitude or the optimism or whatever I carry is, um, uh, I, I think, has a lot to do with um, the position that I know I must take in order to get anywhere. Like, if, wow. that's kind of what I kind of gathered, you know? Okay, so it's like, at some point, you know, you made it almost like a choice of, okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to work on to be able to bring positive energy with me where I go? Where it's like... Well, I was like really up against the wall. I mean, like just the short, along with the short of it, how I started this whole thing was, I, I don't know, I don't you might not even know this, actually. Um, well, let's tell the listeners either way. I know a little bit about like your life and some of the things you've been through, but let's talk about it. <laughs> so like, like the truncated version is, you know, I moved here when I was nine with my mom, right? Um, and she was a single mother and she took a job across the country. Uh, and so wow. I was like my grandmother in her government housing, right? Oh, um, and uh, so I wasn't really allowed to be there. So I had to be quiet. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I know. I think that's why I'm so loud now, to make up time. <laughs> I mean, that's a real thing that I think, especially a lot of big personalities and I think comedians, especially, I, I never thought of it, but you saying that, it's like, for me, I feel like the, the way I am, a lot of it is, as a child, it was like, I had to like tuck it yeah. in, like, shh, keep it in, tuck yeah. it, like, don't be so big and loud and wow. Yeah. It's like a resistant, you know, it's, and it was, it's hard for me. Like, I mean, I was always like, kind of like, rah, you know, yeah. uh, as a kid. Um, but it was interesting because in Korea, I had the power of language. And so with language, like I was, I was, you know, um, I had a lot of friends. I was like, you know, I got like really good grades. I was considered a, like a smart kid. Yeah. And 
Then I move here and my mom goes and the language goes and the schooling goes and friends go. And (laughs) so it was like, so much what 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 do you do with that (laughs) yeah that can be very isolating i'm sure oh it was awful it was and around the time it was i was hitting puberty too you know and it was like like that's not awkward enough without you being like and i have no one to talk to about yeah and i'm gay right and so like and my family has been showing me okay you know those baptist movies where everybody gets like raptured and then you get left behind (laughs) no do you know what i'm talking about I mean, yeah, I never watched them, but I'm aware of like, yes, the very do the right thing or you won't be taken with the the herd. Like so our speak. apartment in Korea was like the place that they would bring like recruits for our Baptist church to make them sit down and watch a movie um, called A Thief in the Night. Oh my God. <laughs> do you know about it? I don't know about a thief in the night. What is a thief in the night? Tell me. Fill me a in. A thief. <laughs> I'm so happy I could tell I'm you. dying. I'm like, what <laughs> is this propaganda? A thief in the night is is a movie. Of, it's a it's a Christian movie. And so you know, um, oh my god, I know it like the back of my hand. So like there are these girls uh, who are at the carnival or whatever, and and you know somebody was like, oh, you should come meet Jesus. And mm-hmm. so one of the girls is like, I think I'm gonna go back and 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 talk, uh, learn about Jesus. And so she, that day, accepts Jesus into her heart. Ah. The other two do not. They're like, we're going to go in the tilt-a-whirl. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go, right, right. She's like, oh, we don't care. We're going to have fun. Oh, my God. Um, and one of the girls, uh, you know, her grandmother, like, her entire family, you know, accepted Jesus. And her husband almost, like, passes away because he gets a snake bite. And he almost dies or whatever. Oh, my God. Uh, and he, one day she wakes up. Her husband, gone. Her grandma, gone. Her friend, gone. Anybody who's important to her, gone. They've all been raptured. Disappeared, like into thin air. And then they're like, okay, so in order to prevent this from happening again, the UN, this was made in the 70s where everybody's afraid of the UN. was like, (laughs) oh my God. No, that's what happened. And you must get the mark of like, like a barcode on your hand or your forehead. Um, so they could track you. And that is the mark of the devil that, that according to the Bible, guarantees your entrance to hell. To hell. The mark of the beast. It's, like the... Yeah. Wait, so was this a like, real thing, barcoding people, or was this just in the movie? It was in the movie, but that's what Thank they're God. saying. That, that's what's predicted in the Bible. Or, or, not barcode, but like... Some type of... I mean, they're trying to microchip people now. Yeah. And I think that it's easy. You know, it's just one person could look at it and go like, what a cool advancement in technology that I'll have everything I need right here. Yeah. And then other people could just, well, I just go, the government's trying to keep tabs on me. <laughs> but then Christians and people who really believe that stuff are probably like, oh my God, it's happening. They're- it is, ha- I mean, like, and, and the thing is like, in the movie, it, it, it gets to a point where it's like, if you don't have the, the barcode, then they will not serve you at restaurants. They will not, you can't shop. Oh my God. You can't, and then they start hunting you down because you're, you know, and so. Like a fugitive, like you're. Yeah, so she's a fugitive. Um, Oh my God. And all her friends are like, you should just get the mark. And so they like try to turn her in. And it's very scary for a seven year old. Oh my God. Like, 
That's and so that, terrifying. And it was so funny. They were showing them the, this movie to like, you know, new recruits of the Baptists and they were just letting me sit there. They were like, oh, you can watch this, sure. Yeah, it'll like, be good for you. You're like, this won't ruin, like traumatize your brain. Well, <laughs> there's like, a sequel. And um, at the end of that one, back. people get guillotined. So, um, <laughs> what? Yeah, if you don't, like, they, they sit you down and they're like, if you don't accept the mark, we have to guillotine you. So they're, they, they like, watch people get guillotined. Um, and so that's the kind of stable environment that I grew up in. <laughs> All right, good. Let me ask you this. Are you still, do you still consider yourself a Christian? Not in the traditional sense. They're definitely not Baptist. Uh, okay, you know. not in the structurally... I think that's important because I think that, uh, you know, for better or worse, there's sort of this media idea and depending on the media you're consuming of what a Christian is and it's... Mm -hmm. There can be these, like, negative connotations because of, like, the structural church or these extreme groups and it, it's a, a bummer to me that any extreme group of any religion could taint... If someone's like, yeah, no, I, but I, I like think Jesus was a good guy and a good example, if that's what you mean. I'm not trying to guillotine my kids. Uh -huh. um, I, it, it's really funny that you say this. I, I don't know if, it, you know, you can leave this on the cutting room floor if the story gets too boring. But like technically, technically I did accept Jesus in my heart, but only because it's, okay, like, so it was a kind of a technicality. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I mean, I was afraid. I was like, yeah, yeah no, I'm with, I'm with well, you guys. Well, I mean, look, no, not like that. Like, really? I mean, like an adult. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, and it happened like this year. So, <gasps> this year? Ooh. Yeah, so it was very strange the way it happened. Oh, really? Um, Tell me. I was like in a position where, um, oh my God, I'm going to sound so crazy, but whatever. Um, so I, I, I... I've been kind of, you know, <laughs> spiritual work. <laughs> Um, yeah. Because I've been studying the art of being gay. Okay, so how how do I how do I frame this so that it makes sense to your listeners? Yes, Basically, tell us about being gay. What is that? Okay, mean? so so essentially, um, how this all got started is I'm just gonna go back to where I graduated from, like high school. Yeah. So when I graduated from high school, I got into a bunch of colleges. Couldn't go to college because I was still undocumented, and I found out that I couldn't at the t at that time. Like you had no um, idea, and then you're like, "Wait, I, this isn't even or not." Why would you let? Why? Who let you spend money on college applications? Oh. We didn't. We didn't think it would. Like my mom apparently didn't think it would be a problem. Um, like, and I oh. didn't know that that would be a requirement. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, that's so devastating. Get, devastating. Devastating. I got into some great schools. I got. I studied really hard, and uh, can't go to college. Okay, and then I try to get a job. Guess what? Can't get a job. Oh my um, God. And so, and, and I also didn't have the greatest parenting because I was raised by my single grandmother who doesn't really speak English and was at the casino a lot. She loved me very much, but very traditionally but, Korean. Yeah, didn't. Korean grandmas love their casinos. They love their ajuma yeah. pants and they love their casinos. There was never like a, are you doing okay? It was, it was, it was more like, um, here I cooked. Yeah, it's, this is that like surface level, it's a cultural connection thing where it's like, I cooked, yeah. are your grades good? All right, so you're not suffering, you have good grades, cool. Yeah, she loves me. She loves me to tears, but just very. That's not, yeah, that's just, it, culturally, you don't get into these deep conversations. And domestic, and she was a victim of domestic violence for like, you know, all her life. 
Oh, I that's so sad. saw that final final uh, confrontation go down between grandma and grandpa. Because um, oh, she would gosh. be beaten in Korea. And in the United States, she told him, she was like, you're not going to, don't, don't hit me here. This is not Korea. And one time, wow. he went for her hair. <gasps> and she grabbed the hair dryer and bopped him over the head so hard. Oh, my and God. Got, you know, blue head. Um, and, she, and I thought it was I'm funny. So fucked, I'm so fucked up from my own abuse that I'm laughing at this. And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that it's just like, ah, we're comedians, you know. I know. We have to laugh at the dark shit, but, like, yeah. you saw that? That's hard to... I mean, that's hard. Yeah. It was like, okay, like, and... Yeah, it was uh, very... Uh, it wasn't easy. <laughs> so Absolutely not. So there was no real parenting um, happening. So, of course, I acted out and went crazy, um, and I and actually was a, was a Craigslist erotic services provider for a minute there because I needed a job. And you had to, <laughs> yeah, you, well, I mean, you couldn't get gainful employment. So it's, you had to get creative, so to speak. <laughs> I'm sure there were other options, but at the time I was like, well, fuck it. I'm fucking these guys for free anyway. So I'll just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've often had that thought of like, I mean, I fuck so many people anyway. <laughs> What's wrong with fucking and getting some money? <laughs> I don't really think they're from where I was. Like, I don't really think, like, I think the guys that I was getting who were paying me were the same kind of guys I was getting who weren't paying me. Yeah. So it's so, like, you're like, I would fuck this guy anyway. And it's like, I, I'm all yeah. about positive sex work as long as people are safe anyway. So, I mean. Yeah. So but I, I mean, wasn't safe. So I got HIV. Oh my then, gosh. Yeah. And then that's when that all happened. And I'm going really quickly because, you know, you know it, it can go on, whatever. But 19 years old, HIV positive, undocumented, jobless. What do I do? And You're probably like, I've been so fucked. Yeah. I'm so, I'm like, what, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, what, what, do I, what do I do? Yeah. It was at that point, my friend uh, was like, Aiden, you should go to um, this uh, empowerment seminar. I will pay for it. You, you can just go. Cause she saw like I was like up, up against the wall. Well, I mean, um, that's so what a gift that like you had a friend who yeah saw that, but then was in a position to try to help in that sort of way. Well, she and I were um we did um we were singers together. You know, we did like theater. <gasps> Yay! And uh, yeah, and she is this wonderful singer. And uh, when I told her about all this, she had really strong because she was paying for like you know hundred dollar an hour lessons to her voice teacher yeah uh, you know and her parents were supporting her and and you know she was 18 so of course yeah uh, but she had a really hard time she was like here's this person and so she kind of brought me into that world um and uh kind of tried to include me there so that i would have um you know some opportunities you know wow that's that's amazing so what was this like seminar you went to um, it was called the Liberty Experience, um, which is, do you know what Landmark is? I Landmark heard, Forum? I've heard of it, but I honestly have no clue what it really is. It's like self-empowerment. It's like... Um, Similar to like a Tony it, Robbins adjacent type of... Kind of, yeah. A little bit. Like you can, um, you can find the power within yourself type of... It's not, like... 
I think that uh, it wasn't so rah-rah cheerleader, but it was more matter of fact. It was more like, if this is what your life looks like, really no one's going to take any responsibility for it other than you. And so really you only have, the only option you really have if you want to get anywhere is to own all of it and accept responsibility for all of it, even though it may or may not be your fault, so that you can then affect change in your future. That's kind of the messaging. Okay. And then also, you know, I learned about like, um, like emotional tone scale where like, you know, your emotion, what your emotions represent your attitude. Like, um, if you're feeling sad, it means that your attitude is generally that of, you know, whatever. (laughs) I mean, I have it here somewhere. Um, Um, Well, I like that. The like radical acceptance kind of thing of like, yeah, this is where you fucking are. You need to be like, yep. My life is a pile of shit right now. Yeah. Okay. Where do I go from there? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that was sort of your like first foray into just sort of looking at your life and how to make changes or how to. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, okay, like, and that's where I, I realized like, okay, like hope and optimism, super important because that is where I learned like, okay, like I got a sense of hope and optimism from that seminar. And, and like more than anything that I learned there, I think that was the biggest takeaway because I got a little bit of that. And I realized like how crucial that is to sort of being alive. <laughs> yeah, Being alive. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you go to this seminar, you look at your life. What happens next? Like where, I want to know like what, where did your path take you? <laughs> okay. So um, that voice teacher that my friend introduced me to also um, what wanted to, what, you know, he wanted to support me um, in my journey. So he gave me a bunch of scholarship classes for his vocal studio. Wow. Uh, yeah, and he's this great Italian opera singer who's unfortunately now gone. But oh. his name's Richard Nicole. Um, he played Jean Valjean on Broadway uh, in Les Mis. Oh my God! Amazing. Uh, amazing guy. Amazing. Very very funny guy. <laughs> very quirky. Like he would do like he would literally be like, "Oh, do you have a butt plug in?" And this was not him hitting on me. He'd be like, "Do you have a butt plug in?" I'm like, "No." You'd be like, oh yeah, you know, that's a really good way to um, see if your um, butt will suck that in as you're compressing your uh, butt to belly to create a diaphragm, uh, like a trumpet sound. So I would recommend if you don't have that, just use a pencil. (laughs) So So he's like telling you to put stuff in your butt because like if your butt's not sucking it in, you're not using your diaphragm correctly. Right, right. That's hilarious. Yeah. And, like, it, my voice actually became, like, really, like, that, that technique You're like, worked. It worked. Yeah, it's so yeah. funny because it's, like, an unorthodox thing that I think some people would go, can you believe that this music teacher said this to me? And then it's like, yeah, okay, well, do you want to be great or not? Like, yeah, but it worked. It worked. <laughs> yeah, you need your asshole to do some work if you want to be a star, bitch. Like. <laughs> That's right. You know. <laughs> So I did that, and then I got lucky with a, um, I was, I went to a couple dance classes, and um, the place where I went to dance, San Francisco Dance Center, had a work exchange program. Oh, um, 
And so I cleaned, you know, their bathrooms and the toilets for four dance classes. So I was taking like six dance classes a week. I was getting free voice lessons and, uh, you know, picking up acting stuff here and there and doing like whatever theater didn't require me to have a visa. <laughs> that um, was probably whatever. trouble, but you yeah. were able to find some work. Well, I just did like community theater. I did whatever I could do. That's um, and so that was, that was actually an okay time. And also like I had some money stockpiled because uh, <laughs> I was lucky because like these men kind of, they like saw the Craigslist guys. <laughs> what? I was like from the Craigslist guys. Yeah. <laughs> they were nice. They were like, and they, they, they really liked me for some reason. So I had like two or three different guys who very much wanted to rest, be my rescue. That's a like, thing. Like they were Richard Gere. Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a very strong personality type that, it, that shows up in relationships and in situations like that. that yeah. He like, wanted to rescue me, you know. <laughs> You're like, I'm here to be rescued with your wallet. Save me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't really. But like, I mean... So that was uh, interesting. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Wow. So, but luckily, uh, my grandmother uh, filed for her. Okay, so if she was a citizen, she could petition me in faster. But um, she failed her citizenship test, uh, like while I was in, um, like in my teen years. Oh no. And. Uh, and uh, she didn't speak any English, so you know how she practiced for the test was she phonetically memorized the questions. Oh so no! Which I would be like, what, say. "What is the first? Who is the first president?" And she would literally go, first, George Washington." <laughs> <laughs> but she had no idea what that meant. No, she's just like memorizing the sounds, basically. right? And then she failed because they asked her to raise her right hand and she didn't know what they were saying. And so they sent her back. Oh no, grandma, Ajima, come back. Oh, but you know, like she petitioned for me like 10 years before. So I I got my green card when I was 20. So, so that worked out. Did that feel, I mean, that must've felt like a game changer. Yeah, I was like legitimately allowed to be here. I could get jobs. I got a job at Starbucks to start. Yeah. Uh, and then I started doing productions of Miss Saigon over and over and over and over. <laughs> Typecasting is a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, seriously. Like, anywhere it's playing, I'll go there. That, that's li- literally what happened. Oh my God. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever, have, have you ever played a part in a musical that wasn't traditionally written for an Asian person? Yes, I actually get those a, a good deal because, um, like, on like, the regional level, sometimes, like, they want to feel like they're doing something edgy, so they'll go non-traditional, right? Ah, they're like, look how progressive and cool and different our thing is. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. it's like, yeah, you could see outside the box a fucking little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> this was in 06, though, so at that time, it was, like, radical. Like, yeah, where now I feel like people probably look at, Hamilton and go look at that cast and that oh, you wouldn't have thought that the, those you know people they're portraying would have been cast so diversely why can't we do that with anything you know yeah yeah well that's then, exciting for were. well in theory exciting for theater workers but in reality where's theater you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know 
So I did, I did, I did do okay. I did okay in theater. Yeah. You know. So. But uh, the empowerment thing really helped me a lot. I mean, that's amazing. Did you, did you even ever imagine that, like, when you're taking that first, you know, empowerment seminar, that your friends like, I'm gonna pay for you. I want you to go. In your like wildest dreams, were you like someday I'm going to use what I know to help other people feel? No, that. never. You were, and like- I never had depended on any of this because, like, I I became obsessed with like success and empowerment, and I started like studying people like really because I was like, okay, well, according to them, right, the yeah. formula is you know being empowered. So like, why don't I just study empowered people and successful people and kind of model their behavior? And wow. then myself. And so I like, I'm, I was always studying something along those lines. Always. Like diving into the, the names in that community or just like the seven yeah. habits of highly effective people and like all the Totally. All of that, wow. like really intensely. And only for the purpose of like, because I, I wanted to be successful. Yeah. Um, and so I wasn't even telling people. Like, so like, I didn't tell anyone <laughs> that I was doing this because I didn't want people to think I was a weirdo also. Well, yeah, like, it's, you see, a, there's a certain number of self-help books on someone's bookcase that they can have before someone goes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you are clawing for help here. And, and yeah. I have more than that amount of, I mean, the amount of inspirational in just totally different ends of the spectrum where, cause I'm always trying to just, I don't know. I like to get different perspectives and see how people, think about things. Cause you, I mean, you know, I'm sure you know this, but it's like, you just kind of can take nuggets that make sense to you and apply it to your life. And yeah, for me studying things that are like, I've hit a place where I feel like I would like to learn more and maybe help other people with things I learn. But my learning came from, I want to fix myself. I would just want to feel okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. you like, I that, want- that's the thing, right? Like, so, so, so the art of being yay actually came out of, <laughs> because I, I studied the empowerment and like, um, neuro-linguistic programming, all of that, um, yes. for a tangible result for 13 years as, as I mean, like I would want to make money and then I knew how to do that or enroll people into helping me ex- execute X, Y, and Z. I know how to do that. Talk to yeah. people produce shows, get like how to perform on stage. NLP helps with that. Like everything kind of, it's great. It's, it's a really powerful tool. When did Uh, you start NLP reading about it and learning about it? uh, When I was 26, uh, I took a um, NLP uh, workshop. Um, And uh, that really was a huge shift for me. Yeah. Like you were very into. So, for people who are unfamiliar, I, I know a little bit and I'm like just barely dipping my toe into like, I'm taking a course, but I'm like at the beginning, neuro-linguistic programming. Can you like describe a little like what that means and how it um, works? So neuro-linguistic programming, um, 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The way I, the way I, I kind of like to use it or whatever is um, the idea that like uh, your everybody has a map of the world. Everybody has a point of view on what the world is. And that map of the world is determined by the language that you tell yourself or the language that the person uses also gives away their map of the world. Wow. So if you listen closely, you can pick out what people's map of the world is pretty quickly and um, kind of work around that. Like what is your, how do you view the world? Are you using, yeah, so it's like, are you looking through rose colored glasses or shit colored lenses basically? Yeah. And what's your, what's your you know, perspective on this or that? And, and like also examining your model of the world and questioning it like, is that an actually correct assumption that I'm making? Or yeah, is, or is it, it created? Yeah, is it like something you just internalized a long time ago that like was a decided belief and you never took time to question it? Yeah. And, that's... and people actually live their life as if those things are true. So that's their map of the world. And you don't want to disturb people's map of the world because they will either turn it around on you or if they're not ready to, they won't like, if they ask you to look into their map of the world and say, say it to them, then that's one thing. But if you go in and you like challenge their map of the world, they will get defensive against you or they will kind of have a uh, internal turmoil. Yeah, so, because this thing that they believe so hard to be true is now being reflected back as like, that's wrong. And mm-hmm. yeah, that, I, it's, I mean, it's very easy to see how that causes at least internal conflict of like, no, this is... My reality, it always has yeah. been. How can you... And they hang on to that. Like, cling. People, you know, yeah, cling. Like, there's people who are like, oh, the world is hopeless, so you may as well not try. That, that is their perspective, and that has to be their truth. And in order to preserve that truth, you have to not make it. And so they will try to dissuade you from making it by presenting, because they have a personal stake and you yeah. not make to preserve their model of the world that yeah. on some level they know is just a perception. So people function like that. Ooh, and they... so it's, you got to figure it out because. <laughs> oh yeah. So 
Yeah, no, I totally understand. The people cling to so many different parts of their identity as like, this is a firm reality, which I think is a big cause of a lot of the conflict in the world of people on two different sides of a coin refusing to even... Fake news! Yeah, I mean, it's like people don't even want to see where someone else could come from on a perspective that it's... I mean, I, I say all the time, but I'm, you know, the amount of... Uh, liberal friends I have who are extremely wealthy and I don't think can see the viewpoint of how like that they just get that anyone could be Republican means they're racist and it's like that you can't see that there are people who a couple hundred dollars more in taxes back to them is a huge difference yeah it's like I you know I understand the dangers of the fucking shit we're dealing with right now but it's like I I think it's so hard for people to meet someone where they're at to have a discussion and just, and there's no, there's no progress to be made with two people who cannot see each other. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't, if you, this is another NLP thing. Like if you can create a rapport and a feeling of safety, then they will listen and they will accept new ideas. Yes. But you will get where if you just go, unfriend me now if you bah, 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 you're just, you're not going to get anywhere with facebook bites it's just not gonna happen no they I have to well. feel like yeah it has to be know. inviting it like it has to be comfortable enough that they're willing to open up and have these discussions which is hard and i think you know it there's our our egos do a thing where they try to Keep it's like the ego's trying to keep itself intact by being like, You're right, don't listen to anyone, everything you do is correct. That's if they say this is wrong, they're wrong, and it's it's crazy. But to your point of like someone viewing the world, for instance, as like hopeless, it's a lost cause. If, If someone goes, can go, I feel like it's hopeless, but I would like, I would like to not feel that way. Yeah, that's what, different. Yeah. yeah. What is it, like, is, is a big part of NLP, like a, like, a repetition of things? Like, is that where, like, do affirmations and stuff like that play into neurolinguistics? I don't brain? like affirmations all that much. Yeah. Uh, because usually when you're, okay, like, if you're kind of within the space of where you're trying to get to, like, so, for example, if you're, like, a little bit... Feel a little shaky on money, and you want to strengthen that, then you could say, "Oh, I'm wealthy," and then you might get there. You know. Yeah. But if you're feeling like, "Oh, it's hopeless," and you want to feel like a winner, and then you take a bunch of postcards that say, "I'm a winner," and then you staple it on your head, it's not going to do anything. Yeah, you you're just like a jackass. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a bloody <laughs> hopeless person. <laughs> yeah. You know. Just, oh. So you know, I think it's really important to um, accept where you are. Yeah. But also, because it's hopeless is, okay, just really, like, this, okay, so this this jar right here is red, right? So that's yeah. red. This painting's green, or whatever the color. It's, yeah. Let's say it's green, <laughs> or whatever. I know, um, like, it's blue. <laughs> we get it. Ah, fuck you, huh? <laughs> So, like, we can all agree that there are certain things that are objectively true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... The hopeless say I'm hopeless is that's a subjective truth. It's not a it's not an object, it's a subjective truth that is an opinion, right? Yes. So but it doesn't mean that it's not your truth, you know. Yeah, like if you believe it, it's true to you. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also a way in which you can 
soften that belief a little bit, right? Yeah. So everything's hopeless is a subjective truth that you might be holding, right? But what about like, I felt everything, like some people have made, it, it seems difficult, but some people have made it work. Yes. So just and, that little bit of an yeah. outlook. Just like a little bit, right? Yeah. And that statement right there is irrefutable. Like it's not something that can be argued against. Yeah, people really. have some people have objectively made it yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. Some people are like, doing well. When I got HIV, actually, I talk about this in the book. Um, I thought I was just going to die alone. I thought I was like, I'm dying alone. I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. And that's it. That's what I was most afraid of, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then that's I went sad. to a therapy session uh, provided by the, you know, the people who tested me positive. Um, and I went off and I was like, I think I'm going to die alone. And he said something so interesting. He was like, that could be true, Aiden. You could die alone. But also there are some people who have great lives with HIV, like, and, and actually like they wouldn't mind telling me, telling you this, those two guys down the hall who work here, actually that guy just got married and, and that guy, you know, has a car, uh, who <laughs> came here together and they ha they're very happy and they, they're HIV positive also. So some people can make it work. With yeah. Then it's like, this is not a, an objective end of the road. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever evidence you want to look for, there's, there's a part of your brain called reticular activating system that um, generalizes, distorts, and deletes any information that it deems um, not a match to the belief that you already hold. So, wow. So it yeah. just is like, won't even, like, we don't need to see that. Yeah. It like hones nope. in on the stuff that validates what you already believe. Yeah, or makes you wrong for presenting an alternate. Like, you don't know what you're talking about, you know? Wow. So oh, wow. then it's like, okay, if that's the case, then you better be damn careful about which beliefs you choose to hold. Yeah. Um, and because it's subjective, we got to pick a new criteria for what, what beliefs you're going to choose. Like, okay. Yeah. Maybe it is like really hard to make it as, as a, as a, as a person who does it, who came from poverty, maybe. Right. That yeah. should be true. But there, but it's also true. There are people who have made it with poverty, um, despite their poverty. Yeah, right? they've gotten out of their situation. Yeah, about it. So you can hold, you can hold either one. Yeah, and I, you know. Well, yeah. So the that, criteria is which one's going to give you the most flexibility and most empowerment to move you forward. That's the criteria. Not Absolutely. what seems true or what does the mass believe because it doesn't matter because you're, you'll filter it out anyway. So yeah. if 90% of the people believe that being poor means, you know, you're helpless, right? Yeah. If you are active and you go, okay, I'm going to choose to think, okay, like there's a lot of people, a lot of people who have made, who have succeeded with even, even though they came from poverty. Yeah. If you hold that and then you evidence that to the point where that becomes your truth, the 90% of these people, they bounce off from the they reticular They fade away. It no longer becomes, yeah. I cannot get out of poverty. You go, look at these people, look at this evidence. It can be done. Yeah. And so you start looking there and then it does happen because you're 
your brain lined you up with the evidence of this. Of, yeah, of rising above it, of like, and you start seeing the ways that that happens, which means you start going in the direction of getting out of that situation versus, yeah. you know, if you think everyone's out to get you, you're only yeah. going to see negative everything. Yeah. And it's not about what's right. It's not about what feels accurate. Accuracy is overrated. It's all subjective anyway, so let's just get over that. So like yeah. accuracy is just, I, I don't like accuracy. You don't pick you don't pick a subjective opinion to hold as your personal truth because it is accurate. You want to, because that's not, it's, it can't be accurate. Yeah. It's not accurate. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I think that's a huge step is, and, and I don't know how you feel, but like letting go of so much of your identity needing to be right. Like, like, yeah. to, like that this is the absolute correct thing. Is that yeah. like, how I live is what it works for some people. It works for me. Maybe I could do it differently. Maybe that's not a fit for everyone. I think that's a mm. step maybe in that direction. I mean, no, we, we, you're right. Because objectively speaking, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. So we could be holograms. I don't know. I don't know. I know. <laughs> that's, I do know. We are. <laughs> um, no, that's like the whole premise of this podcast is just like, yeah, I don't know shit. Tell me yeah. about your experience. You know what I mean? That it's we don't know anything. I could say all this now, but you know, I could you know die and be like you know they could be like oh everything you were saying while you were on Earth is wrong. Like how? I'm sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> They're like, by the way, that book. <laughs> it was it was wrong yeah. and it's oh, wrong, 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 wrong. But you got out so. <laughs> We highlighted all the areas for you. <laughs> We're going to send you back. Read <laughs> um, so, so with the book being about, I guess, this like art of being yay. Is yeah. it, are there actionable things or is it yeah. sort of this idealistic, like, do you have to work toward this feeling of yay if you want it? Y yes, you do. You can't. So like, so with NLP being used for tangible things, right? Yes. When my boyfriend died uh, a couple of years ago, Michael, did yeah. you meet him? I, you, I think I met him once. And it was like, you and I were on a show together somewhere in some weird... Oh my God, was it Cindy's show at that friggin... That weird like restaurant or the back Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I didn't see you for so long. Yeah. But like, it was this like very in and out. And I think I had to, I was running to another, you know, workaholic running to another spot or whatever. But no. so yeah. Like, it's nice to meet you. Very funny. Like, so very oh briefly. Yeah. But I didn't really get to know him. I, I actually met you at your show. Um, I think that's where like we officially. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Someone brought me to your show. Who brought me to your show? Leanne? Leanne, was it Leanne? maybe Leanne Tooker or do you know Samantha yeah. Hale maybe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. And I was like, oh my God, I know you. You're so funny. Like, I was just like, oh, it's, it's the guy that was really funny at that weird restaurant show. <laughs> it was like such a weird And your show, show was so good. It was like, oh. it was, yeah, what a lineup. It was super fun. Oh, man. It was like, I think it was, yeah, it was a, and I get that just happens. LA is such a big comedy scene, or I guess it was when comedy was alive, where like, I would, 
come across the most random assortment of people in a lineup that I like never see. Like there's people I'll see all the time. And then there's people I don't see for months. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, we've both been here. We just have been on different shows and. Yeah. And it's pretty like comedy in LA is pretty divided by clubs. I think I feel like. Yeah. And I don't like that. Like even being in at some of the clubs, it, it bothers me which is something I've just had to work on letting go of. It bothers me to think that there are, there's like any outside perception that I think I'm part of this clique or whatever. Like I love, I mean, the comedy story thing is my home club. I love that they give me (laughs) spots and they're very good to me there, but I I don't like this idea that anyone would be like, think that I'm sitting here going, well, I'm a comedy store comic. (laughs) You know, it's like, I just want to do shows. I'll go up anywhere. I just like making people laugh and I want to meet everybody. Yeah. I mean, like I, there's a perception that I'm a factory comic, laugh factory comic. Yeah, and it's like, oh. you're like, no, I, I had, I have a show just, there. Like, yeah, I just, like, they're nice to me. <laughs> like, I go where, I go where I'm celebrated, and <laughs> I go it's anywhere like, that will give me a spot, frankly. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah it is, so, it does so feel he, sometimes. Sorry, what? Oh, I just, I, I'm just agreeing, it does feel t- sometimes divided or yeah. clicky or that people stick to their one little area and they don't get outside their comfort zone, which sucks. And it's, it's hard because, okay, like at the Laugh Factory, I go, right? And then yeah. there's like, you know, like servers and hosts and they're all like, Aiden, welcome. Here's a 20 minute set and yeah. audience. And I go to the comedy store and it's like, why are you, who are you, who are you, like, you get treated badly on the list and then you get put on a <laughs> Like two minutes yeah. in front of nobody as like a test. And it's just like, I don't know, like it kind of made me feel like, I don't know, I don't want to go through all that. <laughs> and, that just well, and it's like, especially <laughs> if you have places that embrace you, you're like, well, okay, I could like suffer through this sort of jumping through the hoops here. Or I could just go, you know, I get plenty of stage time other places, <clears throat> I'm fine. Where it's like, I love the comedy store. I did all the, you know, jumping through the hoops and going up in the OR when there's nobody fucking there. And, but like, at no point did I, like, it's not a means to it. It's not like, if you don't do this, you can't be a comedian. And I have always been like, yeah, I get why people, especially people who are working comedians who are getting up different places would be like, I'm not, I'm not going to go try to get three minutes on a stage for a club that doesn't know me when I could just get booked. No, I mean, I tried. I tried. Yeah. Like, for like a, I tried for a good month. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> But it's like <laughs> that wasn't really trying. <laughs> well, yeah, but people get they get in their little their comfort zones, whichever you know, whoever's giving them love or whatever. And then I think at the beginning, comedy was uncomfortable for all of us. But when you find kind of your group and you feel embraced, it's easy to lean more toward that than to go back out into the uncomfortable. No. For sure. Oh, well, uh, yeah. And now so, it's um, all dead. <laughs> it's all dead, so it doesn't matter. Everything blew up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my God. Okay, so uh, so sorry. then the yay thing. I, I want to answer your question. Yeah. So when Michael died, um, I was in like <laughs> I, I mean, was yeah. in such a terrible spot. Um, so much so that it was it was it was like this. It was like okay, Aiden, you either learn to feel better or you're gonna kill yourself. Like this is it. Like I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna start feeling like this. This is just not gonna happen. So le- figure out how to feel better than this, or we may as well not be here because this is not going to happen. Like, like I was like, not, whatever this is, I'm not living like this. Yeah, I'm not living like this. This is not, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Like I'm not going to do this. And so 
then I was like, okay, well, then I guess I try to find ways to be happier, right? And uh, at first, my first tactic was, of course, to try to uh, control the situation around me, which is the, the, the first prescribed. If anybody has any problem, the first prescription is to go, what's going on in your world that's causing you a problem? Let's fix that. Yeah, what can I control? Is there something I can fix that will make me feel better? Yeah. Yeah. So pouring myself into that uh, from a place where I was in extreme amounts of pain caused me a lot more hurt. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, um, I'm glad I went through it because now I know that doesn't work. Huh. But uh, <laughs> the more pain you're in, the more desperate you are to get out. Yeah. And so you end up taking desperate measures to try to control the world um, in, in a world that really cannot be controlled. Yeah. Uh, you can't control it. And yeah, so like grasping for something that you can't, you can never really get a hold of. You can never get it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, that failed and I was at a really low point then I started thinking about okay like all I really want is to feel better so what if I just instead of trying to fix this I what if I go for just the emotional relief can I just can I just make that the goal okay let's use whatever I learned everything I learned for the goal of emotional results rather than tangible let's try that we have nothing to lose let's figure out as much as we can about how to be happy and go for that directly instead yeah. of needing this middleman to change yeah like instead of trying to get a tangible thing to give you happiness you're like all right yeah. let's just make happiness the goal like yeah the feeling is the wow the feeling is the goal because when you're that's desperate it's like you know the feeling of the goal yeah. And when I did that, that's when, like, my life, <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. And that is the way to go. Because everything that I wanted that I thought would be a way for me to get there came after I got there. Yeah, so it was like you were doing it backwards that whole time. You're like, I need yeah. to get to feeling okay, and then the things will come in as they're supposed to. Like, right. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. I, mean, I was like, wow. I, I was not, well, all of that was like a, a, a pleasant surprise because all I wanted was just to not feel like I wanted to kill myself every day. That's yeah, all I want. I just want to have a feeling of like, I'm okay. I'm, yeah. I'm okay. Which like seems, when you're feeling great, I'm okay doesn't seem like a very high bar. But when you are feeling <laughs> like, I don't want to be alive, I'm okay is like, you got it's like a reach. It's you yeah. don't really work for it. Um, it's, and it is, it is tangible. Like, it is like, th there's so little that we actually understand about emotions, especially in this society. I feel like yes. they tell you to, like, Michael dies. And a week later, I get phone calls. I, I mean, I love my friends, but I get phone calls like, hey, why don't we go out, go to the movies and, and we'll just have a good time, okay? Which is, that's great, thank you. But my partner just died. and. So essentially, I was getting kind of like a, a underlying message of, okay, whatever sadness you're experiencing is something to be eradicated or ignored or like we need to look another way or... Yes, which is such a reflection of our society that like, yeah. that, you know, negative emotions as far as things that don't feel good are perceived as wrong. That yeah. like, 
I mean, how many mental health crisis crises are really a mental health crises versus it's like, no, actually you are just sad and you should be sad. It's very sad yeah. right now where it's like, of course there's obviously very real, you know, mental health. Yeah. That we're kind of taught that feeling sad or feeling angry is wrong. Yeah. Like that we go, Oh, oh my God, that person's so sad. Still, there must be something wrong with them versus it's like, yeah, never mind this guy who's eternally happy. Whose wife is probably chopped up in a freezer somewhere. Like, He's no. fine because he's just got a smile on his face. Yeah, I think we do. Oh. We absorb that as like, oh, there's, you know, it, like it's not already hard enough that you're grieving the loss of like your person, which I can't even imagine. That's so hard. And then to go, oh, and now I'm, I'm just, you know, bumming my friends out. And why? And then like shaming yeah. yourself for still being sad after a week, especially that it's like. Yeah. Well, it's so, it's so ingrained in our culture that it was just my attitude. So, like, I, I felt sad, and I was like, literally, I was just, get over it. Like, I mean, like, I was so just... Like, hard on yourself. Yeah. I was like... Yeah. Like, like I felt like there was something wrong with me for feeling sad, even though I had every reason to. It's so ingrained in our culture to not be okay with any negative emotion... Yeah, that you then so, go, what's wrong with me instead of, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm sa- it sucks that I'm sad, but yeah. it's going to be sad for a little while. And like, that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. <sighs> and so it's just like a, a shame thing. <sighs> like, I think shame is the great negative emotion multiplier. So. Yeah. You know, not only are you suffering, you're going to suffer alone and you're going to feel like there's something broken with you in a corner by yourself. It's just yeah, because God it, forbid you let anyone know you're suffering. Then they'll be like, what? Why? What's wrong with you? Yeah. And then you we, we or, internalize that, you know, we go, what's or wrong with their with intent? They might be like, look, OK, let's go get some candy. And then yeah. you feel like they're trying. They're trying their darndest. But in this culture, it's like, again, like let's get another coping mechanism in so that yes. it can fix something that's broken here. You know, it's like, yeah. Instead of just letting it heal, it's like, why don't we just, we'll just drink and then you'll feel a little bit less maybe. <laughs> I did that too. I did a lot of drugs. Yeah. I mean, it was gnarly. It was gnarly. <laughs> it's hard when you're, when you're clawing to feel okay. Mm. And then dealing with, yeah, just the shame on top of, the initial feelings of course yeah so yeah well without giving (laughs) i don't want to give any like too much away because i like obviously everyone needs to go get your book but as far as kind of actionable steps that you took like or that that you recommend are there like daily type of activities or like things that you people are, should insert into their life as far as getting to like being yay? I think uh, um, the, the one thing that made a really big difference for me um, is, uh, is uh, how I, I dealt with negative emotions. So, you know, there was this concept that, you know, we ultimately want what we want actually because we think we'll feel better at the other end. Yeah. And that, very true, right? Like even my techniques to try to improve my life were the intended result was so I can feel better, you know? Yeah. Um, 
you know, people who want to make it in their careers might want a sense of significance. So they fight really hard because their sense of significance is on the line. So that's yeah. kind of, so, uh, so a result without emotion is really nothing, you know? Wow. Yeah. And so that got me thinking, I was like, okay, well, whenever I missed Michael, I actually stopped and got clinical. I was like, I miss Michael. Okay. Well, if Michael were here right now, what emotion would I be feeling? What would he be providing me by his presence being here that I don't have now that I'm longing for? Wow. And it was, and it turns out it's like different in every case. Sometimes it's just like, you know, I, I just want that security and, and comfort and, and just like soothing. Yeah. Great. The reality is we haven't invented a way to bring Michael back from the dead. Boo, but, technology! You know, <laughs> right? But I could, I could try. What is it that I could do at this moment to give myself soothing comfort? Wow. So going like, okay, what am I, what is it really that I would be wanting from the interaction with this person I miss? And then going, yeah. okay, what are some steps I can take to get to that feeling? That, yeah. per that person's not an option. What else soothes me? What else brings me comfort? Yeah. So then when you do that, it's like, you know, and it's different in every case, like different things will come to you. Oh yeah. I'm picturing myself in a bar buried in ice cream going, I'm cured. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have an eating disorder, right? <laughs> oh, which I probably do. But that's neither here nor there. That's another episode. <laughs> but it actually works. It works for, actually, it works consistently for so many different scenarios. Any scenario in which you're experiencing a negative emotion as a result of, as a result of um, a, 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 a trigger that is yeah. mental. Because... There's other factors, right? So your emotions, your emotions, when you eat something that your body doesn't agree with, the first line of defense that your body will present you is your, your, you will feel a heaviness in your heart or like you will not feel good. Yeah. There's something there. So when you don't feel good, then sometimes if you're not aware of that, we, our brains are designed to find a, a reason and a meaning for why something is off. So then they'll wow. attach a completely unrelated meaning. And now you have a meaning <laughs> that you have to deal with. Yeah. When so, your body was really just trying to be like, dairy's not really good for us. You're like, right. this <laughs> is because nobody wanted me on the kickball team in third grade. <laughs> and then it perpetuates. So there's yeah. also the other thing I learned was like a thought emotional momentum. So when you have an emotion and your thought is designed to create a meaning or whatever. So it attaches a meaning of the similar tone. So you feel bad because you ate dairy and then you feel like, but you don't know that. You just feel bad. So you go, oh boy, what a loser I am. I remember when, you know, whatever. And then that triggers another emotion that adds, that compounds that, which triggers another thought of the same tone, which triggers another emotion. And that is how thought cycles kind of like wow. go, 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 until you either go to sleep or you drink. You have to you do try a to shut it off. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you have to be aware of that. And so you got to be careful about like when thoughts, because thoughts are going to go all day. 
you it's gonna go all day like no yeah. matter what you do they pop it's up critical, that, that's it it's inevitable it does not stop <laughs> so it's like so, do you think stuff like maybe meditation and stuff could help people like as far as because it sounds like a big key is being aware of your thoughts almost yeah like, if you can almost view thoughts which this used to sound insane to me when people would say it until like, it's just one of those things that I think meditation and honestly psychedelics probably helped me. Like it was just one of those things that clicked and I was like, oh, that's what everyone's been saying. But if you're able to observe your thought and go, yeah. okay, where is that actually coming from? Or like you were saying like, okay, what, what is the thing I'm actually craving that I'm sad I don't have because of not getting this career thing or because I don't have my person here with me? What is what am I actually craving from them? So having that ability to kind of, it sounds weird if you haven't done it or haven't gotten there yet, but the observing your thoughts. Um, yeah. I mean, literally like I picture myself, this is how I picture myself. Well, this concludes the free hour portion of the Aiden Park interview. You want to find out how Aiden pictures himself, get 20 more minutes of advice and information about improving your life and how to do things at a higher level and reach your potential, head over to patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed to get the full interview, uncut, raw, everything there. None of this intro outro shit, but also get his book. Get the art of being yay. It's in your show notes right now. So go click on that link order the art of being yay head to aidenpark.com for his interactive website and also you can follow aiden at aiden park show he's constantly putting up content all over his social media it's really funny he does a lot of very in interactive instagram live stuff so get in there you're gonna love him we all love him i think you probably already do love him this was excellent. I really enjoyed having him and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you did enjoy it and you haven't already, I would love if you would hit the subscribe button, leave me a rating and a review on iTunes, share this podcast with your friends because everyone's a little bit ignorant sometimes. Big thank you to John, Eric, Gene, Greg, Kathy, and Terry, exclusive members of the League of Extraordinary Idiots on Patreon. Couldn't do this without you. I'm glad we're friends. I'm thankful for your support always. If you want to be part of the League of Extraordinary Idiots and get to do crappy hours and get fun bonus content and early releases, again, patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at ignorance is blessed or Twitter at blessed podcast. To stay up on uh, what's happened over here, head over to the Facebook group. If you have suggestions about a, a topic or a guest, that's the best way to do it. That's also where I post for uh, questions ahead of time. I let people know what guest is coming up and you don't have to pay even a penny to be part of the Facebook group. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. And please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity. They're just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world. So please keep giving suggestions, keep asking questions. The more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.